go back to the beginning of that topic. So uh, on 27b, the Gemara is having this conversation. Do we count dugim, our fish, um, are they considered to be gedule karka? Are they considered to be something that grows from the ground? That to be clear, doesn't mean that fish grow from the ground. It means that because they get all their nourishment from, from what seems to be the ground, therefore they're considered like something else that grows from the ground in, in the context of the previous conversation. But how do we define um, what's called a fruit when it comes to Meiser Shani? Okay, so um, so we're going to start the last line on the page. And does Abaya say that fish are considered to be Kedule Karka, things that get their, their, uh, their food from the ground? Abaya says, If you eat a Putisa, Rashi says, what is this? This is a, it's some sort of a sheret in the Mayim. It's some sort of a creepy crawly thing that's in the water. It's small. It does not have a Keziah's worth of, uh, of size, right? So it's some sort of, uh, I don't know, you know, uh, some sort of water creature, right? Stick bug, I don't know. So, Leika Arba. So you're going to get four malchus for eating this creature, right? What are the four? Rashi says, what are they? It says, He says, do not, uh, you know, contaminate your, your soul or spirit with all of the shratzim that are creepy crawlies on the world, on, on the earth. And also, do not become tame with them, right? So that's two. Also, what we have in them is they are considered to be, um, second, also, it says that you're not allowed to eat from their flesh in a different place in the Torah. And also, it says that anything which does not have skins, fin, sorry, fins and scales, you're not allowed to eat if they're in the water. There's four different malchus that you're going to get for eating that type of animal. Namala lets you eat an ant, like a chamesh, then you're going to get five different malchus. Sira, a hornet, like a sheish, you get six malchus. Now, if indeed it's true that, <coughs> that according to Abaya, a, a dog, a fish, something which is found in the in the water, is considered to be getting its uh, nourishment from the ground. Then it, you should also get six makas for eating this paitisa, this water insect. Because why? Because the water insect also is is also included in the regular lav of a a sharetz a sharetz ala aretz, a sharetz that um a creepy crawly thing that crawls on the ground. So Ella Ravina, Ravina rather says, the difference between the, the two brises that we discussed earlier that was trying to figure out what are the things which could be bought with the ma'is of Maishashini, the money that you took, the, your fruits that you're supposed to bring to Yerushalayim and either the third year of the Shemitah cycle or the sixth year of the Shemitah cycle that you bring those, I'm sorry, did not say that right. First and second, thir, or fourth and fifth year of the Shemitah cycle, the Maishashini that you bring up to Yerushalayim, you took the Maishashini, it was too much for you to carry. So the Allah is you're allowed to take that money, you're allowed to take the fruits, and redeem it off the money, then take that money and bring it to Yushalayim. And then when you get to Yushalayim, you buy other um, other food with that money. So the machlekas and the dubraisas is, are, do we include birds amongst the things that could be bought with the money of Maeser Shani or not? According to the one who says that the only things that could be bought with the money of Maeser Shani are things which are fruits that are, are basically fruits, and it has to be gedule karka. The only payrus that could be bought with the money of Maeser Shani are produce that get their nourishment from the ground. And then birds, since they also get their nourishment from the ground, they're also going to be included in the in this in this uh, you know in this allowance to buy things with your Maishashani money. According to the one who says that it they have to be things which are Vlad things which grow from things which grow from the ground. So 
then, then birds are not going to be included because birds do not grow from the ground, right? They don't grow from something that grew from the ground. They grow from rakak, which is, which is, um, is like the, the hollow, but uh, what does it mean in this context? Rashi explains. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, I guess it means like mud here. The one who includes birds in this, in the permission to buy with your Maitashani money. My time, what's his reason? The one who says that birds are not included, what's his reasoning? The one who includes the birds in it. Sorry, basically, without trying to get to walk through that whole sigya again, but basically, we said earlier there's a machlekes tanayim. This is a very fundamental machlekes tanayim. And how do you make drushes, right? So do you darshan what's called a klal pratu klal, which means that when you have a a um, a category that is an all-encompassing type of category, followed by a specific from that category, then reintroducing the general category again, that's to teach you that the only things that are actually included in that principle are the things that are similar to the prat, to the specific case that was in the middle. That's one way to darshan these types of situations. Another way to darshan is what we call a riboy, a miot, and a riboy. Which means when you have something that is a, the Torah comes and seems to be adding an additional word to tell you a, um, that there's something more to be included in the mitzvah. And then we have a miot, which seems to be the something to exclude from the mitzvah. Then we go back to a riboy again, that then you say, um, you, that type of drasha is the drasha that one type of tana does. And then the other drasha of a klal pratu klal, which is the general case followed by the specific case followed by the general case, two different types of drushas, okay? So the one who holds that you could learn out that birds are also included in the things that you could purchase with your Maestashani money, he holds that the klala basra dafka, that the, that the second time the klal is listed, second time the, uh, the general principle is listed in the, in the Torah, that's going to say dafka, that that's the, that's the primary thing for, that we should be looking at, is that the second klal is really what's teaching you what's the halacha. Prat u klal, nasa klal, musafala prat. So then when you look at the a prat and a klal, a specific case and then a general case, then the general case that's brought after the specific case is coming to add on to the specific case, to say that not just the specific case that is discussed in the Torah, but even additional cases as well. It's rabbalu who mili, and therefore you're able to include everything into this category. So then one second. So then what's the, what's the purpose of saying the initial klal, right? Why do you even need to say the initial general category at all? Why not just say the specific category followed by a general category? That would be sufficient. So why do you need to start off with a, a general category? To exclude everything that is not similar to it in, in two different ways. What two different ways are we talking about over here? We're talking about that it's not peiri peiri and also that it is not something it has to be two things. It has to be, if you want to buy it with the Maestro Shani money, it has to be what we call peri peri. It has to be something that is a fruit which comes from a fruit. And it has to be something that gets its, um, its sustenance from the ground. So therefore, fish are not going to be included because it's not peri peri, but it is, it gets nourishment from the ground. But birds are included because birds have both of these characteristics. The one who says that birds are not included, because what he says is, generally speaking, when you have your first general case, generalization, that's the one that is primary. Well, if so, then when you have a, a, a general case followed by a specific case, you're going to say that the specific case is coming to 
reduce or restrict or limit the ability to, to learn things out from the general case. And we're going we're gonna to keep it down to whatever the specific case discusses. Hani in so the only things that are discussed explicitly are specifically included in the in that verse in the Torah. That's going to be included in the mitzvah of, of buying, of purchasing with your Mitzvah money. Anything else is not going to be included. And then what he says is, oh, so then why does the Torah come and tell you another generalization afterwards, right? That it's telling you that anything that is similar to it in not just one thing, not just two things, but even three things. What are the three things? A, it has to be a, a produce of produce, right? B, it has to be something that gets sustenance from the ground. And C, it has to be something which is a product of the earth. If so, birds are only going to work for the first two characteristics. But for the one of the third, it's not considered a product of the earth. It's considered a product of the rakak, and it would be excluded. What are papuin? says that you can make the Erev Papuan. Yerakesh HaKarin Kikuli Belash Narami Yot Lish Belaz Okay, some sort of um, a vegetable, right? What else can you make the Erev with? U Bechal Chal Luglois Luglois I don't know, some other type of vegetable U Begud Gunnies I would say it's important to know what these vegetables are and it is important to know what these vegetables are I, I don't remember these words coming up elsewhere in Shas um, offhand. Uh, what, what does the article say? What are these, what are these uh, species? What, what type of vegetables are they? It says, um, well, papuan isn't, hold on a second. A type of herb whose precise identity is unknown. <laughs> okay, I don't have to go bad then. <laughs> and then, purslane and coriander. Right, so coriander, I heard of. I've never even heard of purslane. <laughs> Doesn't help me. Okay. It's a kind of. It's a kind of green. I, that that much I figured. Okay. Um, However, you cannot make your eruv with a the chazis or kafnias. So chazis is a different type of uh, herb, I guess. And kafnias are are um, berries that are not really ripened yet. Okay. Ooh. So Gemara says, is me, Marvin. Are you allowed to actually make the, the air of a good gunnius? So we just got finished saying you couldn't make an air of a good gunnius. But Tanya, we learned in a brisa. Good gunnius, me ruve, me ruve banim yechlo. So, so those who already have a lot of children are able to eat it. But people who do not yet have children, they should not eat this type of, of thing, probably because it has some sort of effect on their ability to have children. But if it already gotten hardened, if the gunnius got hardened, that it's already ready to be planted as a seed, right? I guess germinated. So even people who have many children should not eat it. It's considered to have a deleterious effect on your health. Now, if so, how can you possibly use it for an Erev if it's something that you can't really eat? So you have to explain that when Rav said that you're allowed to use this gunnius type of, of, of fruit or herb for your Erev, that's only referring to where it has not yet gotten hardened for, for planting in the ground. And also for specifically for individuals who are allowed to make an error with this are those who already have many children. Wait, same, another answer. We can actually be talking about cases where people don't have a lot of children or even no children. Because it's already sufficient the fact that many somebody who does have many children will be able to eat it. When we talk about an Arab being suitable for eating, it doesn't have to be suitable for eating for every individual who has made, who has become part of this Arab you know, by joining together. 
It just means that it has to be suitable for eating. So even if it's not suitable for you, it's suitable for another individual who has many children. Didn't we learn? Didn't we say in our Mishnah, beginning the parak, that you're allowed to make an era for a Nazir with wine? Now, a Nazir cannot drink wine. For Yisrael and for Yisrael, you're allowed to make an era of a Truma. If Yisrael make an era of a Truma, he's not allowed to drink. He's not allowed to eat it. But rather, what we're saying is, is even though it's not relevant, not pertinent, not, not, uh, not appropriate for these individuals, it is appropriate for other individuals, and that itself is already sufficient. So too, when it comes to this good ganiyas that is not healthy for those who do not have many children, right? So they are not, they're not, indeed, those who don't have many children are not allowed to eat it, but that's okay. As long as those who do have many children are able to eat it, that's already sufficient. But same, another answer. Exchange words over here. I'm not sure what. Earlier we were talking about the good gunnies. Now we're talking about, I don't know, some other thing that's a hendikuki, madai, and the endi that is healthier. Okay, fine. Uba chazis lay. And is it true that you're not allowed to make an air with chazis? So I'm going to have you to have a rap. The name of rap. Kishos, the chazis, ma'arvin behind. It says you could use kishos or chazis, you could make an air with it. And you make a brach on it, one of them was before he came to Babel, and one of them was after he came to Babel. Why? What changed when he came to Babel? Because in Babel, they indeed eat this. Once he saw that they eat it in Babel, he was ready to say he could use this for an Eruv. This is a Gemara. Oftentimes, the Gemara says this statement, which basically goes like this. Is Babel the majority of the world that, that when we're trying to figure out halacha, based on, is this a uh, prevalent thing to happen throughout the world that we're going to define it solely based on Babel? Is Babel most of the world? The Gemara is concerned about the Babeli bias. Like there's the East Coast bias and there's the Babeli bias. It, it does seem like that. You know, there, there certainly are certain Gemaras that uh, will indicate one way and certain Gemaras that indicate the other way. But yeah, the, there's definitely, there definitely was a little bit of tension between the, um, the Amarayim living in Babel, the Amarayim living in Israel. Um, but Tanya, we learned in a rice. Paul, so Paul is uh, you know, the type of beans, the saira is barley. That tilton is you know, different. Tilton is something that comes up often, some, some sort of uh, an herb. I can't remember right now what it is. Um, um, fenugreek, fenugreek, okay, good. Yeah, that sounds familiar, Taka. Shazar and the Yerek, that you, you planted it for the sake of using it as a Yerek, right? But it's a call Adam. You, the way you're your thoughts go are going to be nullified based on what everyone else's thoughts are. In other words, if most people do not yet use this for, for, um, for, um, if most people do not use this for the sake of eating, let's say, if you want to use it for the sake of eating or you want to use it for planting, most people don't use it for planting. But we say your, your, your state of mind is not going to be able to nullify the status of this fruit, right? To make it either, you know, truma, not truma, to make it either regular kabotoma or not regular kabotoma. So therefore, if you planted this in the ground, you're still going to be high if you take uh, to take um, trumas and maizvus off of it. The yarkan potter, however, but when it's a yarkan, when it's uh, green and not yet planted, then not, I'm sorry, not yet, not yet planted. When it's green and not yet uh, fully ripened, then indeed it is potter for trumas and maizvus. Like it's something that you're not planning, you didn't bring it into the house to eat, basically, and there's no halacha to take trumas and maizvus. So if you if you um, harvest something but you have no intention to eat it, but you're planning on let's say reusing it as your starter. A seeds for next year that you don't take trumas and maizvus on. Ashechlayim ve'agargar shazar and liyarek. If you have shechlayim, gargar. Um, once again, uh, let me see Rashi. 
Rishain Iruga Nachal Bein Yarek. The Metzias over here is that this is something that is eaten, whether it is in the status of being used as a Yarek, whether it's in the status of being used as a, as a seed, people still eat it either way, okay? Ms. Um, there's a, there's, first of all, purslane is also called duckweed, apparently, if that means anything to you. Nope. But, <laughs> but Yekas have a tradition of eating, eating what they call, call cairn, literally green corn, which is um, basically spelt, which hasn't completely ripened. And they put it in soups and chollens and stuff. Cool. It's a perfectly acceptable food. Savages. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Go back to go back to <laughs> exactly. Of course. <laughs> exactly. But I think we just saw from the Gemara the chiyaki's ruba da alma. So uh, yeah. Um, so let's see. You have gargish azar in the yarek. So you planted it for the. For it's the, good, by the way. I believe you. I do believe you. Ms. Yeah. Afton. Then you're going to take off the trumas or maestras as if it is a yarek, as if it is the vegetable, or as if it is the seed. You're going to have to cover both bases. Zara and the zara, masasrin zara v'yarek. If you planted it originally in the ground for the sake of using it as a seed, then you take off trumas or maestras as if it is a, um, a, uh, a seed and a vegetable. So what do we see? We see that it we don't, we don't say it's dependent on a specific um, uh, town's measures or specific town's practices. We say that's just halacha. So you, get, you told me originally that as long as Bavel does it in a certain way, then the rest of the world follows after Bavel. Why? We should really be dependent on what the individual is doing. When did Rav say this? So, Specific um, breed of chazis that everybody eats it and nobody uses it for seed. Zera garga la my So this zera garga, the seeds of the garga, what is it actually? What, what can you use it for? Because in the old days in India, you had have pepper. They hadn't uh, gone to India yet. So they would grind it up and they would use it to, um, to uh, you know, to, to dip in it. They would dip their, their meat. I don't know, maybe some sort of mustard. It was like a spice type thing. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and that's what they would use to give a little bit of flavor. Um, Rav Zera, when he was tired from learning Torah, so he would go and he would just sit and he would just listen to, to what Rav Yudabar Ami was saying. She says, what am I going to do? I'm not, I'm not able to learn Torah anymore. But what I'll do is, whenever the, the rabbis are going in and out of this base measures, I'll stand up when they go in, and I'll, and I'll stand up when they come out, and I'm going to get the schar of, of being mishamash to me, even if I can't be learning Torah right now. One time, a, a young, a young uh, Torah scholar comes out from the Beirav. What did your Rebbe teach you today? Amalei said, he said, I taught me that Kishas make a very bad dhamma. Chazas shakhani abedvari. But Chazas make a shakhani abedvari. Amr Lehi says, the mother of it from Mustavari says, the opposite really should be. Hi, me Arika Marbi. Hi, me Avirika Marbi. One of them is getting its nourishment from the ear. One is getting its nourishment from the ground. The one who gets nourishment from the ground clearly should be very bad dhamma. The one who gets nourishment from the ear should be Sahakal. And I guess the assumption is that the Chazas gets nourishment from the ground and the Kishas gets nourishment from the ear. You know, it's some sort of a, a fungus, I guess. But Allah indeed follows this uh, this young fellow from the Beirab. 
my time, what's the reason? One of them is considered to be the, the finished fruit, and one of them is considered not, not considered the finished fruit. The one that's the finished fruit, you're going to make a, how, do, how does that come out again? I'm trying to remember, we did this in, in Brachas, actually. The one that is the finished fruit, we say you make a hadama on. The one that's not the finished fruit, you're going to make a shahakal on, right? That's where the question comes up about, about chocolate. Um, let me see. Yeah, that's what it said, right? Okay, good. Yeah, very good. Okay. And what about you? That your taina was Jaime Araka Rabbi, Jaime Araka Rabbi. That seems like a pretty good point. That one of these, the ones that you were making a shahakal on, ended up getting its nourishment from the ground. The one that we're making adama on gets nourishment from the ears. So normally we, we follow the other principle that the one that gets nourishment from the ground makes adama. It's not true. He's just not even Araka Marbi. He just also ends up getting its nourishment from the ground. So we see that basically when you when you cut off the his masa, then the kishusa also dies, right? So the kishusa is something that lives off of the um, his his masa. His masa, I don't know what his masa is either. I'm like a rashi. So you see, it's like this. Basically, the kishusa is, is living some sort of, I guess, parasitic relationship. Maybe, I don't know, mission is called parasitic. Maybe it's symbiotic. I don't know. But when you cut this hismasa, which is something that grows from the ground, and the kashusa dies. And so we see that it does have some connection to being grown from the ground. If it was purely getting nourishment from the ear, then it wouldn't be it wouldn't it would be able to survive even when its uh, host dies. Okay, the Gemara continues. When you have these unripened um, dates, you're not allowed to use it for an Ereva, Tanya. We learned in a brisa. What do we learn in the brisa? It says, Kur Nikah Bakasaf Meiser. So the kor is the I think it's let me see. Basically, hearts of palm, right? So you're allowed to buy yeah. the hearts of palm with a kesemaiser. But it's not going to be matame tomos eichlin. But kafnias, but these unripened dates, nikachas kesemaiser. You can purchase them with the money of meiser. And it is going to be matame tomos eichlin. So it will be able to become tome with a, you know food impurity. Rabbi says, Rabbi says that this. Uh, this type of um, hearts of palm, right, the fresh hearts of palm, that's considered like a regular piece of wood. The only difference is that it's bought with kesemaiser. But the, the unripe dates are considered like a fruit for everything. However, they are actually, they are exempt from taking the tithe off of these items, right? So can you buy uh, just regular wood with kesemaiser? Uh, uh, um, so... I think what we're saying is like a wood. I don't think we mean to say that it's a wood. I think what we're dealing with is what bracha you make on it. Because if it's wood, then you're going to make a, a, a shahakal on it, right? Whereas if it is, if it is um, hearts of palm, it's considered to be a, a fruit, then you're going to make a, um, a eitz on it, right? Let me just see Rashi. Uh, we, we had this in brachas. This conversation came up in brachas also. The premier piyagadu do like karakoho. The kashli asked the eitz kari like korva toyu lemaichoho. Um, it could be that more later on is going to ask your question. I'm not sure. Okay. Okay. All right. I just speak this point out, though. I think it's an important point. I think most of the contemporary place can say that the hearts of palm that we have today are from palm trees that were planted specifically for the sake of, of um, harvesting the hearts of palm. So I think then everybody agrees that you make haeits, if I remember correctly. Pretty sure mm-hmm. that everybody agrees you make a eight because since it's actually planted for those purposes, if it was not planted for those purposes, much like this, we're showing them you make a eight or shock. 
Okay. Awesome. Um, so over there, when we say that you're putter from the Meiser on the Kafniyos, the reason is because it's Nishani. Nishani is a a date. The columns of Charim Shaisin Kafniyos Einan Nasim Tamarim. Basically, it starts growing these these unripened dates, and instead of getting all the way to, to becoming a, a tamar, a ripe date, they end up shriveling somewhere along the way. Yeah, if so, we're talking about the specific case of the date that didn't get it didn't get finished. About that, would a to say that you're exempt from meiser? I'm a review when we talk about this page of Besuni, right, which is a, a, a place name, the only reason why we ever mentioned this case is to teach you that they that something related to the Meister Shani question. Page Besuni, Fahini, Toivina, Meister. What we're coming to teach you is that these things are obligated in Meister, even though they are these dates that didn't get, not dates, the, the Kafniyas, the unripe dates that didn't end up getting to the date thing. We're still obligated in taking the meister on them. So you can't say that we're talking about over here of a case where it's nishani, because then, because that would be, um, you wouldn't say your pater, right? You would have said that you're chayev in, in meister. So you have to say that we're not talking about nishani. And it happens to be, what we're just saying is like this, that when it comes to tumas eichlin, something which is roi lekabal tumah, something which is able to become ritually impure of a food item, that that's a different um, characteristic that's necessary to get us on the board. Because you can take these unripened figs and you can make them taste very sweet. How do you make them taste very sweet? You basically toast them and you toast them or at least keep them near the, the bonfire and that will actually, somehow or other, the heat is going to make them sweet. So to over here, you can make, make them sweet uh, through, through putting them next to the fire. So since you can make them sweet from putting them next to the fire, so that's why they're considered to be they're considered to be able to become ritually impure. But you can't use them for the Arab. For the Arab, they have to be something they can eat right now. It can't be something that if you would do a secondary process, then you'd be able to eat them. That's not sufficient. And also, you're not going to take um, um, And also, they're not going to be liable in Meister Shani because they didn't really finish uh, getting, getting produced yet. But so when it comes to these Meister Shani or any type of Meister or Chuma, you don't, you don't take it until the item is finished, right? And if it's not finished yet, you don't take it yet. Eche itmar. That which we learned in Abraisa. Shkedim amarim. You have these shkedim which are uh, bitter, right? So you have almonds that are bitter. Kitanim, they are small. Hayavin, then they are liable to the, um, they, then they're liable to uh, the Meister Shani. Kedayim when they get larger, then they are exempt from Meister Shani because then they don't taste good anymore. Sukim, but the, the, the large, the, I'm sorry, the sweet ones. Kedayim hayavin, when they are large, they are liable to Meister Shani. Kitana Paturim, when they are small, they are exempt. I'm guessing because they are not eaten yet. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Okay. Good. So that when they when they're small, no, they're not considered to be finished ripening yet. So therefore, they're not obligated to meiser yet. Shem Bar Yesi. I remember Shem Avim. Shem the son of Rav Yesi says in the name of his father, Rav Yesi. Both the case of um, let's see, Rashi Marim. Rashi says we're talking about here is the bitter one. So the bitter almonds, whether they are big, whether they are small, you're going to be exempt from meiser shein. And some of them say, no, both of these are going to be liable to Meister Shani, whether they are the, the small ones or the big ones. When they're bitter, you're liable. The one who says that both of these are going to be exempt. The one says that both of them are going to be liable. What are they actually able to be used for that you can say that you're liable for Meister Shani on them? Because you can make them sweet through 
putting them next to the fire. Therefore, they are liable. They already have the liability or obligation to take Meister Shani. Amar Mar. Yehuda says that the, the core, the, that, that heart palm type of thing, becomes like the, like the piece of wood for all measures. Except that you can purchase it with the money of Meiser. This is really the opinion of the Tanakamala's opinion, right? Because he said the same thing, that, um, that, that, the, that the hearts of palm is considered like, a, 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 like the actual wood, except for the fact that you're allowed to purchase it with the money of Meiser Shani. Amar Abayas, what does Abayas say? Shalaku betignu ekebenayu. So the difference is whether or not you cook it and then you would shalku means to boil it and tignu means to, to fry it, right? So according to the Tanakama, once you boil it or fry it, then we already start assuming that it has more of the, the characteristics of food. Whereas according to Rabbi Yehuda, even so, it's still going to have the characteristics as wood for no matter what, because that's how he said it, that it's always wood. Is there someone who says that that if you take an item, and it might be it might be a piece of wood before you fry it or boil it, but once you fried it and boiled it, then of course it should become regular food item, right? But Tanya, we learned in a rice or shilia, you have the the skin. Shilia is the uh, the afterbirth. They will not be able to become ritually impure of the, uh, the ritual impurity that happens to food items. If you have um, skin that you boiled or if you have um, the afterbirth that you intended to eat, then already it has the ability to get the right? So now you're talking about skin over here. You're talking about a, a afterbirth. They're really not eaten that often. And still, if you if you were shy like it, if you boil it, that's already sufficient to render it a food. Well, certainly when it comes to our the palm, it should be sufficient, which is, it, anyways, it's a, it's a food item even before it gets boiled. So the difference between the two of them is the, um, the bracha, the itmar. Because it was stated, kur, um, the hearts of palm, review the aimer, bayre, peri, adam, review the says you make a very adama, shmul says you make a shahako. Either says it's a very piadama because ultimately it's a food item. Shmuel says, no, you don't say it's a food item. So therefore, instead of saying adama, you have to say shahakal. Because since if you left it in the, if you left the tree growing without harvesting, what's going to end up happening is this hearts of palm is going to turn into an actual hearts of a palm tree and you will turn hard and you won't be able to eat it anymore. So therefore, it's hard to say you can make a very piadama on it. So the question is, how do you define a very piadama? Is it is it on an item that currently is in a state of food, or do you look at it as an item that will always be a state of food? Armale Shmuel of Yehuda. Shmuel says of Yehuda. Yehuda is constantly called the Shinana. Shinana means the, the really sharp one. What you're saying makes more sense. The Hatsunayin, Shsef al you have the case of the radish that is always going to get harder later. And still you make a very piadama on it. But the truth is, your, your argument, it seems like it's logical, but it's not really logical. Tonight, not the inchi adaita de pogla. When people plant it tonight, they plant it as, 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 intending to eat it while it's still soft. not the inchi adaita de kaira. Palm trees are not planted with the intention of eating it when it's uh, for the hearts of palm, right? So what do we see from here? We see from here is that if you did plant it with the intention of eating the hearts of palm, that indeed you do make very bad and even though Shmuel praised Rabbi Yehuda's opinion, Allah ultimately followed Rabbi Yehuda that we, um, I'm sorry, Shmuel, that we end up making a shahakal niyabidvari. Like I said, according to most of the later commentaries today, we do end up making a hadama on, on, um, on hearts of palm because we do not say that it is, um, since it is planted for the sake, it's more similar to nine. I said earlier, uh, eight, so I was making a mistake because 
You only make a ha'etza if it's something that comes from a tree. This doesn't come from a tree. This is the tree, right? So you're not going to make ha'etza on it. The question is, that you say, Adamo, that means is you're blessing Hashem for this food item that he created, as opposed to blessing Hashem for the non-food item that we are eating. Okay, so the question is, if it's pure eight, then you would say, uh, you say, um, but if it's something that's more similar to food that he created, then you would say, Hadama. Said today, we, it seems like everybody agrees to say, Hadama. Gufa. Um, if you have Kishas or your Chazas, you're allowed to use it for your Erev, and you make a bracha on it, I'm very Piyadama. Kishas Pekama, how much Kishas are you going to need to satisfy the requirement of putting together an Erev? The amount of uh, one handful of, of it. So to over here, the amount is one handful of kishas. That's going to be considered the amount that we need for two meals worth of food. How much kishas do you need to have? What's Basically, a bundles of, um, of vegetables that the, the farmers are put, put together. You know, that measurement doesn't mean as much to us because we're not as familiar with the size of those measurements. But, you know, I guess the times of Gemara, that was something that people were more familiar with. Just said the bundle of the farmer, everybody would know what type of, what, what size bundle you're talking about. So you're allowed to use um, Kalia. What's Kalia? Kalia shel Esav akashak It's the, I'm sorry, Kalach shel Esav. So it's the stalk of an ace of some sort of grass, and it is hard like a tree. The kalia sakataitach is it possible that kalia is going to be um, that kalia is going to be something that you can use as a food item? Elabiyarka the kalia. So you have to say not the actual kalia that we're talking about the stalk, but rather we're talking about the 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 yarka, the herb of that the stalk comes from. Right? Um, I'm thinking of like uh, um, I'm trying to think dill. I'm not sure. No, not Delta. That's not an example. Okay. The comma, how much of it do you have to have? I'm going to be a Yeah, the amount of uh, one handful. Rabbi went to the Kiraisa. Farim Lirais Betuasi Rashi says. He went to the, to the town, to the, I'm sorry, to the, like the villages, basically, to look at what his, uh, his wheat harvest is going to be. And they asked no question. Are you allowed to prepare an Arab with, uh, with literally, um, uh, Moist beans, right? So beans that have not yet been dried out. They didn't know what the answer was. He asked the Bimajash when he came to the base Majash Amalei. They said to him, Achiyam Rabiane, this Rabiane said, Ma'arvim Abulanachan. Rabiane did say they are permitted to use these these uh, wet beans for the sake of an ear. How much of it do you need? I'm going to be filling Kamalei at one handful. Arvam Nuna Ma'arvim bit, Thrudden, Chayin. You're allowed to make an ear with Thrudden with Chayin, with raw beets, right? Even though it's not yet forged. Any is the Sova, I'm going to fill the Silka Chaya, Katogabra Chia. Katogabra Chaya. So if you have a silka chaya, you have raw, uh, living, literally is the play on words, but you have a living beat, it's going to kill a living creature, a living man. Ahu, bashal v'le bashal. When many beats did they eat already? I, I don't know. They, they definitely had different beats in those days. Um, that, that, that's clear that they had different beats. They had different radishes. They, they, it could be that it's just flat out different words that we're using in the same way. Or there could be that there's different species that they had and we don't have. Um, Okay, so that's by bashel and lay bashel. That's something that was partially cooked and partially not cooked. That's dangerous. But something that was fully raw is not dangerous. Another way to say this. You're not allowed to make an air of using Tratan Chayin. These raw beets. We see that the people do eat these raw beets and nothing happens to them. They don't die. 
when do we say that it's going to cause you to die? That's only true when it is partially cooked and partially not cooked. But with that which you're seeing people eat, you're seeing people eat completely raw ones, and that's not a good example.